0: Today's guest on the show is Willy Klinger, Managing Director of the Austrian Wine Marketing Board. A unique character in Austrian wine, he shares with us the experiences that have led him to where he is today, and he reflects already on Vivinum 2018. Enjoy!
1: Hello, I'm Willy Klinger from Austria, and I'm the head of the Austrian Wine Marketing Board. This is the institute uh, for the promotion of uh, the category of Austrian wines domestically and in the world. And it's a funny position, I have to say, because I come from Upper Austria, where they brew beer or where they do cider. And there's hardly any wine. And the wine that is grown there is not really exciting. (laughs) But I'm the son of gastronomes. Uh, I was born in 1956, so uh, the the wines that we had in our inn were quite basic at that time. But my mom was a, f- a fantastic cook, she still is, she's 84, we even have a cookbook that we made together with the really good Austrian recipes. Mm-hmm. So I grew up somewhat, not as a gourmet, but as somebody who had an innate wish of eating good things and also yeah the first uh, desire for beer <laughs> and my father was always proud of how he poured the beer you know with his hat of 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 a foam and had to be a seven minute pill and things like that so we already get a little awareness of quality in food and and, and drinks. Uh, at 14, I, 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 I read a bartender's book, uh, manual, uh, a thick book, and I wanted to know all the whiskies and the cocktails. I didn't drink at that time, but I was so interested by the mixology. And this book had a little uh, section on wine in the back. It was a Swiss guy who had written this book. And there were the classifications of Bordeaux and Burgundy. And I said, wow, this shit is complicated. It is much too complicated for me. I will never be interested in wine, I thought. And then I uh, finished my, my school, maturity exam. Uh, and I didn't know exactly what to study. I was a very good uh, pupil in school. But uh, then you, you don't know what to do. So I studied economy in Linz, which is the capital of Upper Austria. And it was quite boring, a foggy city, you an know, um, industrial city. And uh, at that time, not really much going on. It's much better today. And my friends all were sitting in Salzburg, which is the city of Mozart. And this is to- a totally different kind of city. And they were studying French. So I had a very good French teacher in boarding school. And uh, so uh, at the end of the first semester economy, I switched to Salzburg. This is very decisive for my life because I then studied Italian and French and traveling to these countries in the 70s where the Austrian gastronomic culture was rather basic. We didn't need did several courses. We would did one substantial course and have a beer or a glass of wine. So I come to a family in France at the age of 17 or uh, in boarding school already. At 74, was my first time in Paris. I ate my first oyster, my first langoustine, my first guiche Lorraine. I drank my first glass of champagne. Wow, this was a totally new culture for me. And I I, I got really hooked. Really, I I was the one in, in the whole class that was the most gastronomic i uh, was interested gastronomically interested so i i bec- i become really interested in cooking uh, or in 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 tasting and going to restaurants in t- in tasting wines and we we visited burgundy with, with the school i was in the first champagne cellar with the school and then i studied french and italian and we really uh, i mean i i i i read books and studying italian yeah, you go to an Italian restaurant and with, with winemakers and, and you eat. He says, cominciamo con un po' di prosciutto. We eat a little bit of prosciutto and then we eat two ravioli, two ravioli. And then you make us this a little bit and this. And then he goes off and, and you have seven, eight courses and that's the way of eating. And I liked it. So I finished my studies of uh, Roman languages, uh, French and Italian. I uh, uh, did a lot of singing and, and cabaret at that time, and I made a, a drama school, and I wanted to become an actor. And I was an actor. And I, some colleagues uh, are now really famous in Austria. They're one of the early colleagues in, in, in theater in Salzburg, I was Woody Allen in Salzburg Theater. Yeah? And the guy who was the assistant to the uh, director is now becoming the head of the Burgtheater, which is the German-speaking theater, Martin Kusche. But I would have had to become Brad Pitt or somebody as, as, as good like this and earning so much money because the wines I was starting to drink were so expensive that I had to help get a serious job. And the only thing I could do at that time with my studies of French and Italian and acting was to move to wine business in order to finance my desires. (laughs) So that was why I, in 87, finally started in wine business. I went to an importer. I was the number two. I, I learned everything. And we grew and grew, and we were the best importer for Italian wines at that time and uh, then we had also spanish or french wines dealt a lot with austrian wines and so i i became the wine specialist slowly but steadily that i am today you know in 1987 the wine world was in a total change uh we always said 68 in politics yeah The, the movement the fermentation process of society 85 was the year in uh, the key year in, in world wine. New world wine was coming. Italy was uh, getting the Barolo Boy movement uh, uh, and that super Tuscan movement. France was no longer the, 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 the only uh, top. Uh, Austria had its scandal, like Italy had a scandal, and then we, mo- we sorted it out and, and a, a totally new avalanche of new producers, and everything was changing in wine world. And in this moment, I stayed six years with this importer. I grew. I learned uh, tasting. I really visited all these winemakers. I became a Burgundy specialist already. I was one of the first readers of a famous American critic who who, who revolutionized the the, the, the the style of so many wines. This was Parker. I was one of the early subscribers. And then we went to Bordeaux, and uh, yeah, from there I was already married uh, to children in Vienna with my wife and I, I worked in Salzburg so I moved to Vienna and we set up a retail chain in Austria, Wein Co, which is still the, the leading retail chain and I was the founding general manager and uh, two years there were really hard work when I was offered the job of uh, the managing director of Domain Wachau so from retail and importing I moved into production so with my friend Fritz Miesbauer, who was the winemaker, and I was the uh, commercial, we um, started um, spreading the word of the wonder of Austrian wine and the Wachau and the Riesling and the of Lina. And we I went to America for the first time. I We had this tasting on the World Trade Center, 108th floor North Tower on Wild Blue. Uh, I, it was exciting for us to go out to first time in Hong Kong Tokyo uh, incredible and at the uh, Domain Vachau of course we already saw the support of the Austrian Wine Marketing Board uh, the, the, my predecessors uh, as general managers and the, the, their teams we participated in these tastings abroad to get importers to uh, Amsterdam, London, uh, IOD at the time already, uh, you know, I mean, uh, we, we really used the uh, support of the Austrian Wine Marketing Board, and I was always very collaborative, and they were supportive, so I knew exactly where they were. But then I had still an episode outside Austria, because Angelo Gaia, uh, uh, whom I knew all the time, because Gaia was my importer of the wines of Domaine Wachaut to Italy. Before, I had been always with his importer to Austria, so he knew, the guy and speaks Italian, he knows wine, and he had just built this new winery in Maremma, and then he kept calling me and said, really, I need somebody for the world, and unless you say no, I don't hire anybody else. So that was like a Serene, you know, a a, a Mephisto, you know. (laughs) And at some point I couldn't resist and I said to Fritz Miesbauer after four and a half years, Fritz, you're going on with the Domaine Wachau, you know everything now, Uh, we, we restructured everything wonderfully and I go to Gaia. And I went to Piedmont. For six years I served as his export director and I handed over this job to Gaia Gaia, his daughter, in 2006 and I was already appointed. Uh, the next uh, managing director of the Austrian wine marketing board in Vienna so I came home Uh, I got this job I was very uh, optimistic but also it was challenging totally new situation I couldn't sell anymore I could only promote Uh, umbrella marketing means so many people want something from you you know it's it, we have at that time we had 20,000 grape growers if everyone if, if everyone only calls you once a year you're dead <laughs> no, I mean you have to be it's it, it's nearly politics you know it's not party politics but it's politics it has to do with a lot of uh, you know you must be careful not to be favorable to uh, single uh, estates uh, and I Try to build up a great team. My predecessor had already a great team, but I made new structures. I delegated a little bit more than him. And so I'm in the 11th year now. I think I have achieved something because I have such a great team that can do really big things on a very, very well-organized basis. I think you have experienced it we are capable of doing really good uh, events abroad and uh, in the country. This is now the Austrian wine fair where we are, where we do this interview, the Via Venum and the Imperial Palace. That's a, a Central Europe's uh, most important wine fair. It's every second year. So in the off Via Venum year, we invite journalists from all over the world and I, I already invite you uh, to be part next year so we do selected trips to, uh, through the wine country in sh- small groups we, we're going to be 170 people in total but we have 4 or 5 different groups so it's never a mass uh, uh, phenomenon it's very well organized things and then we merge together finally in Vienna but um, we also go out of the country. We do trade fairs. Provine Dusseldorf, as you know, is the the, the most important nowadays. We uh, have been very supportive also to vin expo, uh, uh, also in Hong Kong. Different things, we organize shows on our own. We do masterclasses. Uh, we do uh, trade tastings. But I believe... Um, As the Austrian wine gets momentum, not only in the German-speaking world, but in America, UK, in the Benelux, in in Scandinavia, our duty is when the winemakers have enough structure in a market and there is enough importers so that they can work with their markets on their own, the bandwagon of Austrian wine marketing board moves on to explore new territories. Because I have a strategic uh, mission, a country like Austria, which is so fractioned, small scale family businesses, we cannot, uh, we cannot offer cheap wine. We cannot be in the very entry level. And you know, the UK is one of the most competitive. Only Germany is, uh, is worse, you know, <laughs> when, the, when the supermarkets really uh, buy. Yes they challenged uh, yeah we 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 cannot fulfill that so much, although I must say we have some reasonable presence in some supermarkets also in the u k but not at the very entry level yeah it's i think it starts at something like six nine nine seven uh ninety nine so this is the level where we could start and this is uh, then of course a t- totally different setup Some of my board often said to me, why don't you concentrate on a few key markets and then you penetrate them really? I say, not my job. Because to think that we have to do everything until the entry level to get the volume sold, I prefer selling our wine a little bit higher, still on a very good value, but not so much in this entry-level low price but then you need many markets. And you need to be on all good wine lists all over the world. Even in Montevideo or in, in, in Sydney or in Moscow. We have to have Austrian wine on every good wine list. Even in Italy or in wine producing countries, there where the restaurant has a presence of international wines. Not the Trattoria in the Tusc- Tuscany yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who has to have local wines. But, but there might be a wine bar of smart guys who, 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 who offer the re- region also for foreign wines, which is important. There must be some place also for these people to taste different wines. Also, our winemakers have to not only drink always their wines. This was one of the worst things in my early uh, wine life, when I saw that some winemakers were only drinking their wine. They never learned anything N- neighbors' wine was already in, uh, not interesting for them anymore. Uh, when you see this young generation, the kids, you know, they're around here, it's impressive how interested they are in other cultures' wines, how much exchange is there. This is a dramatic change. And that means that we all have to travel around and try to... Because wine is a message. Wine is good wine with an identity and terroir this, uh, as a message from the... Region from the soil, from the climate, from the people, where it's grown. This is a cultural, like it's it's like a, a, a how do you say a bottle in the in the sea that that arrives. Right. It's a, it's it's a piece of culture that comes to somebody a sender sends you a piece of culture gives you a sip and then you if you if you get the message right a whole a whole book opens. That's good wine, I think. That's what wine is about, and I love the cultural dimension of wine. This is the only way that we can protect wine as a product in the future. Because if we think it's only an alcoholic beverage, you will be certain that uh, hygienism, as we call that, will target alcoholism. And so it's right, but we should use it the right way. It is a cultural. Uh, thing to pair it with the right food, to, to, to use it
0: intelligently and not, not get drunk every day. You know? Being as we are currently sat in the middle of Vivinum 2018, and you've already presided over a number of these going uh, back into your date of joining uh, at the end of 2006, start of 2007. Um, are you able to give us a, a flavor, I guess, of the evolution of the fair? And even at this stage now, some reflections on the 2018 edition? Of course, there's a lot of change. First of
1: all, it's the wine scene itself. There's so many more new interesting winemakers. Uh, the, the set of, uh, of uh, wineries in Austria that, interested in, that are interested in export has doubled, I think, since that time, you know. And then, uh, of course, we are also much further in the promotion of Austrian wine. There's much more knowledge about Austrian wine outside of the German-speaking world. And then uh, the wine politics in Austria went on. New uh, specified regions coming with the DAC that we have. This is like the French AOP or the DOP in, in, in Italy. So, I could make a seminar uh, at the beginning of the uh, Via Venom edition 2018 uh, on Saturday morning. Yesterday morning, I was surprised myself how fast now we're going to complete the uh, profiling of regions, which is the DAC spirit, to make regions market there really their wines they are most representative and uh, produce a really different set of wines if they want creative and so on a different uh, um, denomination Mm. so the world was uh, when i advertised this seminar i gave you an update on what's going on in austria it was packed I, I really think we're in a decisive moment. There's so much interest from uh, all over the world on what's going on in this country, and we are sometimes perceived as a really, really, th- the rising star, the small rising star. And uh, uh, To keep that momentum alive, you know, uh, over the years, it's uh, not uh, one study state, I'm a rising star. It's an ongoing process to always keep the fire burning. Mm -hmm. There you create a new tradition. But as Gustav Mahler said, tradition is not uh, the worshipping of the ashes, but the maintenance of the fire. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's my job with my team. So I think this, for the first time, we have more than 1,000 international experts on our tickets. So that we... We have the press center here. They get a bag with all these informations. We o- help them organize hotels and things like that. So I am really, really astonished myself by the fact that now we're going to build this ready. Because I gave so many interviews. that Yeah, but when is the next ESC coming? Why don't you have so many confusing systems coexisting? My dear friends, here's my message. By two years, in two years' time, we will be ready with this, and then we have a consequently built, easy to explain Austrian system, a setup of regions and the wines they stand for. This is a major achievement. It's really something we worked hard for, and even the sparkling wine. Uh, I feel very much uh, uh, in the same boat like the the the, the English. I had a dinner with Hugh Johnson on Friday. It was very nice because he has also a really overview. Mm. To, that's one of the great wine experts. Yeah. And I said, and British Fizz, I said British. He said, you mean English? <laughs> 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 he's right. That they, he meant, I mean, let's be precise. They're,
0: they're doing some in, in Wales, I believe. But
1: yeah, yeah, yeah uh, yes. Uh, he was reiterating that <laughs> too. So I'm very, very... Uh, 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 I I really appreciate uh, uh, the 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 movement with British sparkling wine. When the Institute of Masters of Wine, we happened to be one of their five principal sponsors. They did the 60 years jubilee a couple of years ago, and we were at Fitzroy Gardens, and all the producers, uh, or most of the producers um, of a British sparkling wine or English sparkling wine, were there. And I tasted through the whole set. Uh, that was really something. Uh, it, it, it's totally a, a phenomenon that is really astonishing. French companies investing in Great you know? yeah. Britain. Yeah, yeah. So we asked ourselves we have a tradition of Austrian sparkling that goes back to 1842, when then the then Salamast of of, of uh, Rouinard, mm. which is the oldest champagne house came to Vienna because he fell in love with the Viennese and he thought he was making champagne in Austria. Of course, we know since 1918 or the treaties of 21 that we are not allowed to say that anymore and the world should follow our example and not call uh, champagne uh, Schramsberg, uh, California. They don't do it anymore. But uh, uh, I think the Russians still call their sparkling Champansk yeah uh, we have a great culture in sparkling, but after the second World War, this steadily went down you know to supermarket uh, style uh, cheap sparkling and Now we brought it up again we 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 uh, defined a totally new set of rules, really strict rules, three tiers classic means nine months on the lease reserve 18 months and the große reserve which is the ground reserve this would be from one village and 30 months minimum on the lease and there are one, uh, uh, sect makers out there, sect is the German word for sparkling, who have uh, a 7 years lease con- uh, aging so there's great sparkling in Austria and all that creates a set of uh, interesting themes that we can play and uh, we get more and more re- really good buyers in the country, also from countries that we haven't seen. It's 45 nations that we have here. Uh, I think this is new record. I'm uh, really happy about my decision back in 87 to move to wine business because I was first a French and Italian teacher, then I tried to become an actor, I could use all that for my uh, career in wine and I can encourage all people and listeners if somebody has a real interest in wine or in food you can think of making it your profession. It's a very fulfilling and satisfying business uh, because it has so many aspects. My only message and recommendation to all of you is if you move to restaurant business or to wine business, go really with the fine wine, go really with the quality. It's much more rewarding, not only financially, but it's much more rewarding for yourself to see it as a high level cultural sector. But then
0: you will be happy working there. Thank you to Willie for appearing and sharing your story. As part of this series, I'll also be interviewing some of his team members he referred to in the interview. The website and social media for Austrian wine are below. And I'd love for you to follow me. I'm at Interpreting Wine on Instagram and Facebook. At Wine Podcast on Twitter. Or email hello at interpretingwine.com. See you next time.